father-in-law once told me a story about him and his mother. His mother and father were strong Christians who raised their son in the faith as best that they could. And when my father-in-law was in high school, he went out and he made some bad decisions. After getting in trouble and coming home to his mom, his mother told him, well, me and my small group have been praying that if ever you do something wrong, that you get caught. And without missing a beat, he looked at her and said, you stop it. That's not fair. God listens to you. And today, as we continue our series of forming spiritually fit families, we get to talk about families that pray together and how incredible it is that God listens to us, that he wants to communicate with us and be with us as an ever-present help in our times of trouble, as Psalm 16, or Psalm 46 puts it. And the beauty of it is that as many of my, my students can share with you all, uh, there's a verse that we've been memorizing lately. It's uh, James chapter 4, verse 8. And it states, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And God is ready and waiting for us to respond, to come to him, to, to bless us, to help us, but we have to make the effort to approach him and seek him. And, and Jeff, uh, a couple weeks ago, he talked about how, how to have a good fight with your spouse. And I'm not talking about the Rocky movies. In that sermon, he explained that instead of just, just talking and then thinking about what you're going to say while they're talking, you just, not paying attention, you have to actually listen to your, your, your partner uh, and, and I think that this lesson bleeds over very well into our own prayer life. It, it's, it's crazy how one word can change and reshape the way that we think things. And often I hear, often I hear this phrase, and I, I even say it myself, uh, is that praying is talking to God. But how much greater is it to have the recognition that prayer it's not talking to God, but talking with God. We can do this with, with others individually, out loud, silently, eyes open or closed, hands folded or not. You are allowed to pray without your, with your eyes open. I know that's controversial, but you're allowed to. <clears throat> because the most crucial thing that I can tell you today is that God is looking for an opportunity to spend time with you. Are you seeking after him? And, and when, I, when I think about this in terms of family life and, and being able to pray together, I could not escape the greatest commandment that, that Jesus shared with us. And you might know it as the, the greatest commandment. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and we also use mind, uh, and strength. But this actually comes from somewhere else in the Bible. Does anyone know where it is in the Bible? You can just yell it out loud if you want to. If you don't, if you're uncomfortable and you're like, I'm not sure, that's, that's okay. Does anyone know? 
It's all right. It's all right. It is Deuteronomy chapter 6. Some of you guys are secretly going, yes, I got it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And we're going to be there today as our main text. And you can turn over there in your Bibles if you would like. Uh, and if you didn't bring a Bible, that, that's totally fine. Uh, feel free to grab one out of the bottom of the chairs in front of you. I say this every time that I, I get to preach, is that, that being able to open God's Word together is such a gift. And if you don't know where to find Deuteronomy 6 in your Bible, that's okay. I, I do this with my students every time. We use the same Bibles all together uh, so that uh, we can get there with one another. Again, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's on page 8 or 182. 182 if you want to grab one of those seatback Bibles. And again, the, what, what's cool about this is that, again, we sang a lot of these words this morning in our opening song of love the Lord your God because this was so embedded into Jewish culture. And as we're Turning over to Deuteronomy chapter 6 on page 182 in the Seatback Bibles, um, just a little bit of background is that this, this, this text is called the Shema, uh, and this was one of the most notable Jewish practices back in the day, uh, and, and we still see this, uh, and it is still one of the most prominent prayers of the Jewish and Israelite people of today, that they prayed daily. And this rhythm and routine was set in place to help show what practicing faith should look like. So we're going to pick up in verse 4 uh, of chapter 6 in Deuteronomy. It says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And the beauty of this passage is, while it doesn't explicitly talk about prayer, it was a reminder that, that prayer to God and, and with God is not just something that, that we do when we need God. Our faith in talking about things of God was and is supposed to be something ingrained in our everyday life, in every aspect, every facet of our life. It should bleed into our work, into our conversations, into our habits, into every facet imaginable. And prayer is an ongoing recognition and realization that God is present with us always. He desires to be a part of our everyday life. So the first point that I wanted to uh, connect with you all is, point number one is to keep conversation. This, as 1 Thessalonians puts it, it says, pray without ceasing. This should be an ongoing conversation of, of what's going on with you uh, and God. And Richard Foster, in, in one of his books, he once wrote, uh, he said, 
And so I urge you, carry on an ongoing conversation with God about the daily stuff of life, a little like Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof. For now, do not worry about proper praying, just talk to God. What a great analogy, talking about Tevye from Fiddler on the Roof. Has anyone seen Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah, absolutely. I love how he just... Again, you know, in, inside of the movie, he breaks the fourth wall, but he, he talks to God of, like, just everything that he's walking through, and he goes, on one on, on the other hand, and all of that. I love it. Big fan. Um, but that, that ongoing conversation of, I, I don't know what to do right here, God, but I, I, I think this is what you're wanting, and I, I think this is the right way to go. And I think that if we do this, if we practice an ongoing conversation with God, then when we pray with our children, when we pray as a family, those words we speak out loud will become a lot easier to say. It becomes apparent as we instruct our children like Deuteronomy calls us to. And it is so crucial because uh, then the fear of getting the words right or, you know, I don't want to disrespect God by, by saying something wrong or not wanting to sound dumb in front of people, it, it doesn't have to cripple us anymore from speaking to God. Our prayers are not for the purpose of making others think that we're brilliant or smart or saying just the right thing. The purpose is to connect and to commune with the almighty creator of the universe, the giver of life and good things. And the point, the second point that I wanted to make to you all is not only keep conversation, but keep consistency. I, I think it's so crucial that we have the ability to do this on a more consistent basis, that it is not just you know, not just the times when we need him, but in our everyday life. And when we recognize that, oh, I haven't acknowledged God's presence, I haven't acknowledged God in this moment, to not feel shameful about that, but to be drawn back into it. And the third point that I wanted to make is to keep company. Prayer, uh, one, of, one of the things that... Uh, my, my brother-in-law, he often says, and I'm sure that he quoted it from somebody else. I don't, I'm not good at tracking the, the rabbit holes, but I know he's not smart enough to say it himself. He, said, <laughs> he says, you know, faith is personal, but not private. Our faith is personal, but not private. We are supposed to share this with those around us, to be intentional with with showing through our actions and through our words. And when we model these things, how, how exciting it is when, when our children, when our students or, or uh, younger people get excited to participate in prayer, to pray or, or to read scripture or, or just to get it. But throughout my time, I, I, I don't see them get excited about it unless they see it done on a regular basis from uh, somebody that they look up to 
when it comes to faith. So the challenge for us is to show them how it's done, to show them why prayer matters and what they are themselves capable of doing by our consistent actions. And this, the second portion of the message that I, I wanted to share with you all is going to be a little bit different. I've thought about it, I've prayed about it, uh, which direction I wanted to go with this today, but I, I think that I think I finally landed on what I wanted this morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but first, I wanted a little bit of crowd participation. If you couldn't catch up on it or pick up on it, I, I like the engagement. It helps me. Uh, it helps me know that you're still awake. And if, if you aren't, well, maybe you can be like Eutychus in the Bible, who after hearing Paul preach on and on and on, fell asleep fell out of a window and died. I'm just kidding. I don't want you to die. And don't worry either because Eutychus was brought back to life. So it's all good. You don't have to worry about it. Now that you are awake, okay, I need a little bit of crowd participation. Show of hands, how many of you all, when you are going out to eat, uh, you tend to get mostly the same thing almost every time from the restaurants that you go to. Who, who are the consistent orderers? Yep, my wife has her hand raised, as she should. Um, now, who in here is a little bit more adventurous with their menu choices? That they, they work their way through the menu, trying out different things until you've tried almost everything. Is that... Yeah, yeah, that's good. You're my kind of people. We need to, we need to go out sometime. And I often say, I often say, I'll try anything twice when it comes to food. Not, not everything, but I'll try anything when it comes to food twice because I, I know that sometimes, you know, the first time they're just really bad at preparing it, you know how that goes. So I always give it just twice. Uh, and so if you're new to our church again, make sure to give it a second try because Jeff will be here next week. Um, sometimes they just get it wrong the first time. But I, I, once I had one of my students uh, and one of my, one of my kids who uh, it didn't matter where they went, whether it was a Mexican restaurant or an Italian place or a Chinese place, they would order, get this, chicken tenders and fries. And you might be thinking, oh, like what a cute little sixth grader. No, no, this student was 17 years old. Chicken tenders and fries. So why do I say all of this? Why do I even make reference to food when we still have quite a, time, quite a while till lunch? Well, today I, I wanted to offer to you all a, a menu because communication and prayer with God has a lot of different flavors. We in our tradition, we, we tend to spit, stick with a more vanilla or, or chocolate flavor of extemporaneous, which is just a big word. I, you can ask my wife, I use big words. I don't know why, it's just always been a thing for me. Um, it's just extemporaneous is off the cuff, like we just do it in the moment, uh, prayer that we, we feel in that moment, and, and this is a good thing to say uh, what is on our minds 
but there are more options out there. And I want to take a moment to walk through just just a few. And my challenge to you is this. While I share them, while I share them, I want you to choose at least one, one outside of your regular routine, one that you think, oh, we, we can do this as a family, and try it out for, for a week. That's all I'm asking. Try it out for a week. I'll even give you today as a free day. Like in bingo, you got the little free center. You get today as a freebie. To practice just one of these types of prayers that will be new or stretch you. And you can ask my students is that I have no shame in bribery. That, that James 4, verse 8, draw near to God as he draws near to us. We've been memorizing that. And I have... I have uh, Hillary's sweet tarts uh, because she has memorized our verse. And I can't remember what Tyler's is. What, did you pick anything? What was it? A Snickers. So uh, <laughs> I'm not above bribery, okay? And so here's what, what's going to happen is that um, next week, if you come back, please do and hear Jeff. <laughs> And you tell me with, with scout's honor that if you fall through with this, I will personally uh, give each participant a Hershey's bar to remind you of getting past the flavor of plain old chocolate. We've got Hershey's. <laughs> like that. Um, and if you don't like Hershey's, as I also tell my students... Too bad, just pray anyway. So let's, let's begin in learning some of these. Some of these will be rote memorization, uh, and others are written prayers that we actually have copies of out at the welcome desk. Uh, and, but we'll start off with some softballs that you guys can do as a family together. The first three are actually based off of the Shema that we read earlier in Deuteronomy 6, noticing some of the times that were mentioned in this scripture. As it said, you know, as you get up, as you go down. And chocolate challenge number one. One of the things that me and my wife have implemented in our weekly routine is to actually get up with one another uh, and share coffee with each other at our dining room table and talk about what's going on for the coming day. Then we pray over whatever's on our hearts and we ask God for strength for that day. And we don't do this perfectly. <laughs> and Carly can tell you that, that sometimes I'm not always the most chipper in the morning or excited for this time. But I think that this act of us getting up, we, we do this on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. She goes in very early for Monday school. And uh, Friday, I, I sleep in. So, <laughs> so I don't do this perfectly, but I, I, I really do think that this has strengthened our marriage. And Martin Luther, the leader of the Reformation movement in churches, once said, I am so busy now that if I do not spend three hours each day in prayer, I could not get through the day. 
Now, I'm not asking for three hours for this chocolate challenge, so don't worry. If possible, while getting ready for school or your morning routine, set aside just, just five minutes to be able to pray together over the day. Everyone can set their alarms five minutes earlier. And maybe for you all, you can potentially, one of those options is memorize and recite that Shema we talked about from Deuteronomy 6. We, I, one of my professors at Johnson, he actually made us memorize that whole thing. Uh, and you guys can just do different sections or whatever. But it was such a beautiful thing that we were able to memorize this and learn this and actually put it on our hearts where we have that ability to walk with God in everything that we are doing. So chocolate challenge number one is morning prayer. Chocolate challenge number two, during bedtime, say a prayer together with your children at their bedside, thanking God for the day or, or, or doing this with your spouse or doing this with those who are nearby. And while there is nothing wrong with the rote memorization prayer of now I lay me down to sleep, I'm just saying that one always creeped me out. Is anyone, is, I, I, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul. I don't want to die in my sleep. So I'm just saying that one creeped me out. But if that's, that's for you all, if you want to teach your kids, go right ahead. That's totally fine too. Um, yeah. Chocolate challenge number two, if you do this for the next six days after today, uh, evening prayer uh, together, chocolate for you. <laughs> chocolate challenge number three, if your family does not often do this, or, or maybe it's infrequently, I encourage you this week to pray over meals shared together, a mealtime prayer, even if it is fast food, in the car, on the way to a ball game, or, or whatever. If you share a meal together, have a family member pray out loud, giving thanks to God. You can do this, again, extemporaneously, off the cuff, just stating what's on your heart, and giving thanks to God, or you can do a rote prayer like one of the families who... They, they do who attend our church. What they say is, bless the food before us, the family beside us, and the love between us. Amen. And one of my favorites when I was younger, and my parents made us do a prayer before we had our food, was it was rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> I was thankful for the food, you know. There's another one of good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Like, that, those are all good prayers for us to be able to share around a meal. And while they can be fun and exciting and engaging, that is a good thing. God likes us to be excited. God likes us to be intentional with our time shared with him in prayer. Now, the first written one, that I wanted to introduce to you all uh, is a, a very common, this is an Eastern Orthodox tradition, 
Uh, This is called the Jesus Prayer. And it's based off of a parable that Jesus told. Uh, The parable it it shares uh, about a Pharisee and somebody else praying in the temple. The Pharisee, he says, Lord, thank you that I'm not like that guy over there who's awful. And then in the other, there's another man who says, Lord, have mercy on me. Beating his chest and weeping, he says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so this this, uh, Jesus prayer is based off of this. It says, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And what they do is, with this prayer is actually meditate through each word, praying that prayer repetitiously and focusing in on each individual word while repeating it. Chocolate challenge number four is the Jesus prayer. And repeat this prayer ten times. We do have a copy of this one in bookmark form uh, out in the lobby. Repeat this prayer ten times in one setting each day. Anytime, anywhere, you could even do it while in the bathroom instead of scrolling on TikTok or playing Candy Crush. I mean, that's an option. It is. And this exercise can take anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes as you pray through it each day. And that's, that's five minutes that you're, you're going to get back instead of just sitting there scrolling wanderously. And one of the second, um, the second uh, prayer that I'm going to share with you all that's, that's written uh, is one of my all-time favorite prayers ever um, that, that I have a picture of hanging on my office. And I try to pray almost every day I'm in the office. And it, it comes from Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton was a, a Trappist monk uh, who served in a monastery just down the road in Kentucky for most of his life. Challenge number, chocolate challenge number five. Pray this prayer by Thomas Merton once a day at any time for the next week. And there's copies of this one outside as well. And it goes like this. It says, my Lord God, I, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I I think I'm following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope I never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. I love that prayer so much because I think that so often in our lives, we we don't know if we are making the right 
choice. If what we're doing is honoring towards God or glorifying him or bringing others and advancing the kingdom. And we can sometimes have that self-doubt and those questions of, I, I don't know if what I'm doing is right. I love that phrase in the prayer that says, I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. I know that I can try. And that is what God asks of us, to be faithful to him, to talk with him about whatever's going on, to share with him and to commune with him because that is what he desires more than anything. And there are so many other ways to pray. Pray. I've got those five for chocolate challenge. If you want a chocolate Hershey bar, uh, and that's how you can do it. Uh, and there are so many other ways to pray. You can use a prayer journal. So you can look back at your prayers over time if you like writing. There's the prayer of examen where you, you basically just rewind your day through your head while you're going to, going to sleep and just reflect on where did I miss God? Where did I see God? And where can I trust God more? Or, you know, we, we often, we take prayer requests. That is another form of praying. We do that every Sunday inside of your bulletins, whichever you want to fill out your Connect card. We pray over those as a staff every week. Uh, and there are many that, that are willing and do pray over those prayer requests as well. And the list goes on and on. And I've got, I've got so many resources to help guide if ever you want to learn more. Like Every Moment Holy. There's, there's a book out there that is liturgical prayers. I like liturgical prayers because sometimes written prayers have a way of communicating things in ways that I, I'm not smart enough to. And so that, those are another, that's another option. And they have prayers over doing laundry and prayers over morning coffee and everything that you can think of. There's so many ways. But an important reminder that comes from a book called Practicing the Presence of God, which is a fantastic read, by the way, and it's really short. Um, Practicing the Presence of God from a different monk who, <laughs> who was a dishwasher in the 1600s. Uh, his name was Brother Lawrence. And let this be a warning and a reminder. He says this. He says, many do not advance in the Christian progress because they stick in penances and particular exercises while they neglect the love of God, which is the end. And all I've given you today are tools. But don't forget the purpose of Prayer is to be in communion, to be in an ever-present environment leaning into God and his love. Let us close today's message with one heart, praying as Jesus taught us to. And if you know the words, feel free to uh, speak them alongside me. And I'm going to use trespasses instead of debts, and if you say debts, that's, that's okay. We're still brothers and sisters, I guess. 
But, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's pray as, as, as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.